The following is a special presentation of the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome to Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy. An hour-long snapshot of everything GVSU Athletics, with updates on all 20 varsity sports, in-depth conversations with coaches, athletes, special guests, and more. Now, here's your host, Tim Knott and Jake Levy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Anchor Up Weekly. My name is Jake Levy, joined by Tim Knott, the anchors of the Athletics Communications Department right here with you. Excited to talk about everything GVSU Athletics for the next full hour here on the ticket and then available as a podcast on the following day. So we're excited to get things started. Tim, first show, how are you feeling? Great, great. It's awesome to, be, awesome to be back. All of our teams are in full go for the fall. We have teams that compete in the fall and spring that are you know working now. And then you have the spring sports only that are in their fall practice mode. So uh, it's great to have all the student-athletes back on campus. It's great to have them competing. You and I kind of went through a tough year last year. <laughs> kind of our hands were tied, and we ch- we're trying to make up stuff to do th- this year. Um, oh, there's plenty to, to do, do now. So, That's right, yeah. No, so this started last year as a podcast. So those of you who are joining us now, we uh, got a chance to talk to some former GVSU athletes, some former coaches. We get a deep dive into GVSU athletics during the pandemic when there were no sports to talk about that were live and happening. And now that they are uh, in full go, we have decided to bring this show to you on the air every week to give you a snapshot of what's happening across GVSU athletics. So we're going to talk about all the sports that are in season and the athletic department news. This comes your way every Tuesday night right here on the ticket from 6 to 7 p.m. and then available as a podcast the following day called the Anchor Up Podcast. So thanks for joining us here for this hour. It's an exciting start to the season for a lot of our sports teams. We're going to talk about all of them in depth. We have interviews with each coach that's in season right now as well as we go throughout tonight's program. So hopefully you stick around for all of that. GVSU football got a victory to open up their season 665 days since the Lakers played football. And boy, was it worth the wait. The Lakers win 34 to 14 over Colorado State Pueblo, a nationally ranked showdown on Stars and Stripes night at Lubber Stadium. We'll break that down. The Lakers are now 1-0. and Meanwhile, GVSU women's soccer ranked number three in the country. They went down to Missouri for a couple of really tough games against out-of-region opponents, and they got two big wins, beating Northwest Missouri State 5-2. Then in that top-10 showdown, they beat Central Missouri 3-0. So we'll talk about those wins as well. Coach Conlon joined us on the Sports Report. You'll hear from him a little bit later in the show as well. GVSU Volleyball went 3-1 and at the Capitol Classic down in Illinois this week. Two weekends, two big trips for the Lakers volleyball team, and they're 4-4 four and four to start the year, but coming off three straight wins as they head into conference play. Talk to Coach Johnson in his first year as the head coach after moving up from associate head coach during the summer, so we'll chat with him as well. And then all another bunch of other sports also underway as well as men's golf is underway. They got a couple of nice performances. Women's golf got started in Indianapolis this week. We also talk about tennis, who was at Davenport to get their season underway, and cross-country was off to two big wins to start their season as well. So, Tim, like you said, every sport off and running here. We use the pun from cross-country, but a lot of success so far early on for the Lakers. Well, there has been. Uh, and, you know, some the volleyball team goes out and, and plays in a really tough tournament to op- open the season out in Colorado against some nationally ranked opponents. Uh, went one and three that first weekend and then came back with a three and one uh, weekend last weekend in which um, so you know they're off and running and you know it's, it's just great to have everybody back it re- really is refreshing you can just sense on campus the campus the vibe is is really high right now in terms of you know everybody's very very pleased to be back and and, and going to events you know what a great crowd we had at football over 11,000 for that opener and uh, it's just you know 
the student turnout was awesome, and I, it was a great experience. You know, we had three classes, basically, of football players that played in their first college football game, but we had two groups of students who had never been to a football game. That's right. And so I think they were excited, and they stuck around for the second half. We had a great turnout for the second half. You know, in the past, we've had some trouble with uh, students leaving at halftime. Well, I would say we had over, over half of the students stay, for, you know, for the second half. So that was refreshing to see, and I know that the tailgating went well. Stars and Stripes night, night went extremely well. Uh, the parachutists brought the game ball in, so it was a great environment. It sure was. We'll talk about crowds as well. GVSU soccer in their opening weekend had over 1,000 people come to those first two games between the two. So, yes, students are buzzing. People are buzzing to have sports back. We're buzzing to bring you all of this here over the next hour. This has been the rundown. You now know what happened. We'll go deep dive in everything coming up in just a little bit. On the other side of this timeout, we get it started with football. Tim and I will break down that 34-14 win over Pueblo. Then you'll hear from head coach Matt Mitchell as he joined me on the GVSU Sports Report last night. This is Anchor Up Weekly, an in-depth update on GVSU Athletics on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome on back to Anchor Up Weekly, the first episode of Anchor Up Weekly. It's all brought to you by DTE Energy. Know your own power, and we are back to talk about football here to lead off our show. GVSU football back in a resounding way as they pulled out a 34-14 to win over CSU Pueblo. It's a team that has predicated themselves on defense. Coach Mitchell talked about it quite a bit. This is a team that's been to the playoffs five straight years. Their defense has been one of the best in the country basically the last decade. So for Grand Valley State to come out and put up 34 points on them, including 21 in the first quarter, was absolutely impressive. We'll talk about both sides of the ball because it really was a complete team win, Tim. I think that's when you kind of break it down is what it comes down to. Everybody on the roster really played a role in that win. It really did. You know, you had your offense uh, uh, with a big first quarter uh, along with special teams, uh, and and the defense forced back-to-back three and outs. So, you know, in that first quarter alone, you had all three phases of the game that really produced – and really, get, really helped the Lakers to that early 21 nothing lead. No question. But you, you, so obviously last week you expect to play Edinburgh on the second. That gets canceled. So there was definitely a little bit of a down spell there for everybody across campus. But then so you wake up Saturday. It's game day for the first time in 665 days. I know you were excited. I was excited. You could feel a palpable buzz kind of growing around campus Thursday, Friday. You know, Colorado State got to town. You knew it was really going to happen. The game was a full go. And I think there was definitely that build-up energy. And, and game day just had, a, I, for me, a different feel than any game day I've really been a part of since I've been here. Yeah, I would agree. You know, it was, uh, you know I really kind of felt it started on Wednesday. You could feel it practice. Uh, you could feel the buzz of the guys and that they knew they were going to play this week. Um, and so, you you know, and you have that buildup of, you know, of a football weekend. And then, you know, going into the game, you really kind of – you really didn't know what to expect. I think we have an outstanding team. I think, you know, this is a great team that, that can really make a run here. But you still don't know. I mean, sure. you, have, you, haven't played, you haven't played anybody. You know, we went down to Valdosta State in the spring and scrimmaged with them, and it was a very good outing, but you still don't really know. You're coming to this game with the unknown of – Peblo had played the previous week and lost a close game to an outstanding uh, Texas A&M Commerce team. So, therefore, they have that first game under under their belt. And you can talk to any coach out there in football, and they're going to say the most improvement you're going to make is between your first and second game. Yep. So, Peblo knows, you know, hey, we're going to be better in game two versus game one. There's things that we, you know, there's there's things we ironed out. There's We we know kind of what, what we want to do. Well, Grand Valley had the unknown. That yep. was that opening game. And, and like we had mentioned before, you, had th- you have three classes of kids who have never played in a college football game. Now, I'm not saying there's, there's any true freshmen they're going to play this year, but 
you know, you have the redshirt freshman and the redshirt freshman who didn't play last year. So three, three classes of, your, of the six classes you have in your program haven't stepped on that field. And so there's a lot of unknown going into that game. I think the number was 22 different players stepped on the field for the first time as a Grand Valley State Laker on Saturday night. And you think about it, only 11 guys can play at a time. So that's basically a full offense and yeah. a full defense that played for the first time as a Laker, and they really got the job done. But the parachutes come down with the game ball, obviously Stars and Stripes night, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. There was a lot of patriotism in the air across the country, really, and we felt it here as well. And then it leads right into kickoff and an inauspicious start, to say the least, where Cade Peterson almost gets sacked on the he opening did, play yes, of the game, did. but he's yeah. able to get the ball away. And then that turns into a 10-play 75-yard touchdown drive. And, you know, Coach Mitchell had a decision to make on his very first drive as head coach in two years. You know, it's fourth and one. You're in field goal range. You have an outstanding kicker. You know how good Pueblo's defense is, particularly their run defense. So it's fourth and one, and Mitch just decided to go for it, which, I mean, you've got to love the aggressiveness. And then for it to turn into a 16-yard touchdown run was just the icing on the cake. And what a start for Cade Peterson. Well, yeah, and, you know, you know his abilities are runner. Uh, going through the – you know, he's been here three years now. Uh, going And going through the fall camp, they had some stuff schemed up, and and they, you know, they know Pebble's base defense, and they know what's going to work against that base defense. And a running quarterback is very effective against Pebble's defense. So you know that going in. I think they thought they had a great play drawn up. And, and, and going for you know, in that opening drive you haven't played in two years, you want to put seven up on the board. You don't want to settle for a field goal. Especially and, going toward uh, your students. Especially section. going to, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was a great call, and, and what a great way to start. Uh, you know, he's an outstanding quarterback. He's, a, he's great with the arm outstanding runner and you're going to see that throughout this year yeah I think we really saw the versatility and we'll talk to coach Mitchell about that here later on in this segment but you know what Cade was able to do both as a passer extending plays and also as a true runner he really did a little bit of everything and checked all those boxes which was awesome to see yeah it was you know and, and again you can scheme you can scheme runs up for him but he takes that that almost sack and turns it into a positive play yep even even if you only gain four yards you're taking, losing six. you're taking a six- or seven-yard loss on a possible sack, and you're turning it into a positive yardage. So, you know, it's those little things in the game that that athletic running quarterback can bring you, and uh, he definitely fills that uh, that or fits that mold, rather. Yeah, and for that very first play of the game that I referenced, now, granted, he threw the ball away, so it was just an incomplete pass, but you go from what could have been a huge energy play for Colorado State Pueblo. If they get a six-yard sack right off the rip, you're probably going three and out to start the game. Then here we go, okay, kind of grinding, whatever, and we'll see what happens. But to get out of that, give your team a second down and manageable, which then leads to nine more plays that lead to a touchdown on the other end. That really was one of those plays that won't get highlighted in the stat sheet because it just looks like an incomplete pass to start the game. But that really did, in my opinion, change everything. And it really highlights how mature sophomore Cade Peterson is as opposed to freshman Cade Peterson and what he's done with these last two years and the poise that he showed all throughout the game really started on the very first play. He bailed out his uh, running back who didn't maybe pick up the blitz protection that he should have and picked him up and then was able to turn it into a big play. So Grand Valley well, State gets that victory. In that opening drive, he had 52 of the 75 yards via the ground. Yep. So, you know, he had 86 yards rushing in the game, which also includes a nine-yard sack. So he really had 96 yards or 95 yards rushing. Um, but, he, you know, he picked up 33 yards on that scramble on third down. And, uh, you know, it, it, and you can just – that takes the sail you – know, that really takes the wind out of the sail of a team. When on third down, you got them hemmed up. The quarterback escapes through the – through, you know, through the left side and is able to go 33 yards and pick up that first down. And it also, it changes your entire defense of how you're going to approach 
you're the quarterback. You're going to have to spy him. You're going to have to take a defender and dedicate him solely to the quarterback, which then hurts your defense. And it, and it hurts Pebolo because it goes against what they want to do scheme-wise when you have to take a defender and, and solely have him you know, spy the quarterback. 100%. And Grand Valley State, not only do they have that 10-play drive to start the first half, they also have a 17-play drive to cap off the first half, ending with that Juwan Johnson touchdown catch. And, you know, Coach Mitchell gave a lot of credit to that drive. I mean, Grand Valley State was able to stay on the field a long time in that second quarter after a tough start to the second quarter where Pueblo got a pick six. Looks like they might start to get back into the game. The offense kind of stalled a little bit for Grand Valley, but then they reignited it at the end of the half, and that extra touchdown to take the bigger lead into the locker room was definitely one of those daggers that you feel like Pueblo just probably could not overcome as Grand Valley State wins it 34-14. to We talked about the offense quite a bit, but that defense was just as good, Tim. You take away that pick six and a uh, tough pass interference call on a fourth down, and Grand Valley State's defense probably pitches a shutout in that game against a really, again, really good offensive line for Pueblo. They've got a bunch of seniors up there. They've got three senior running backs as well. That's a team that can really control the line of scrimmage, but the Lakers' defensive front said uh, that ain't happening. Well, yeah, uh, the Laker defense forced seven three-and-outs, and they had 11 drives that were six plays or less in the game. So, you know, Pebble was unable to sustain any, anything offensively in terms of taking possession of the ball. Uh, the Laker defense did a great job of really shutting down the running game, uh, 29 yards on 20 carries for Pebble. Um, and so when you take them away and, and you know, enforce Pebble into a lot of third and long situations, which they want to stay out of. Sure. Pebble is not a team who, who is able to, you know, they were using the backup quarterback. Their starter was out. Uh, so, you know, putting them in those situations where it was thir- second and third and long is not where they want to live. They want, a, you know, positive yards on, on a first-down rush, which everybody does, but they're more predicated to that. And, th- and the Laker defense was able to have, I think, there were seven tackles for loss, three quarterback sacks on, on the evening. And so force them in, into some situations that they just didn't want, didn't want to be in offensively. Yeah, to punch that home, just 2 of 13 on third down was Pueblo for the game. So Grand Valley State and those key plays did a really good job of getting off the field when they had to. Abe Swanson, nine total tackles, had a 1.5 tackles for loss and a sack. He earns GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week. Jawan Johnson with that punt return touchdown in his debut as a Laker earns Special Teamer of the Week for the conference. So some weekly awards definitely garnering some recognition, as the Lakers should, as they get the victory for Grand Valley State over Colorado State Pueblo. And that was, I mean, Tim, like you want to talk about a total win? Total team win, felt great. You leave there thinking this team could be really, really good. Coach Mitchell said it after the game. We looked really good, but what it really showed was if we get to our best and what we could be, we could be one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely, and uh, they, they fill all the, you know, they really take care of every area in a game that you want to be good at. Outstanding offensive line, outstanding defensive line, who I thought played tremendous football. Uh, that's, that's talented and deep. Uh, the receivers really did a great job. You know, you, you saw why Dwan Johnson was the Midwestern uh, or was the Lone Star receiver of the year. Um, you know, Hunter Risen played well. Um, Jacob Miller. Uh, and so you, you have those. And then the running game. And you have those, you know, all those elements of a running game. You're deep at, at running back. And so, and then Abe Swanson obviously is a, you know, Abe Swanson can be an All-American this year. Brandon Brown played well. And then Damon Wesley who was really a backup at the inside and outside linebacker position, was second on the team in tackles. Ian Kenley picks off a pass, and he was kind of the unknown in the secondary. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman starting the game. Uh, he picks off a pass and has four tackles on the evening. Um, and so uh, Antonio Strong really showed well. And then you had Alante Lepart and, uh, and, and uh, 
uh, JT Webb that played well at corner. So, you know, th this team fits, you know, covers all the areas you want to be good at. And, and the depth in those areas is really outstanding. And so, you know, you're really thinking you, have, you can have a great year. Yeah, it sounds cliche, but you got to block people, you got to tackle people. And the Lakers did both of those things really, really well in the win on Saturday night. All right, we're going to chat with Coach Mitchell right here. We'll give you the you'll let you listen in to the interview that I had with Mitch during the GVSU sports report. So coach can break it down for you. Then we'll take a timeout and we come back. We'll talk about GVSU women's soccer. We'll head right now to hear from coach Mitch coach. Great to have you back in studio. Great to have football back. Easy question to get things started. 665 days. How do you feel to get back out there? So great. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into that and, you know, get into that first Saturday and uh, had a little bump of the road. We're supposed to be doing one seven days earlier, but it was awesome. I thought I uh, really appreciate our student section, especially uh, came out really loud and proud and stayed <clears throat> into the second half, which was awesome. Good home atmosphere, 9-11. There's a lot of things going on. I was glad we performed well in the field to kind of cap off the night. Yeah, dream start, 21 nothing to start the game. You get a 10-play touchdown drive to start the the game. I mean, it had to be exactly how you drew it up, right? 100%. You know, we. Uh, I really wanted to try to win the toss and take the win in the first quarter to get off to a fast start. So when we lost the toss, uh, they deferred. We took the ball. I was a little concerned, you know, but we started with, like I said, 75 yards, a couple key plays on the drive. We had a third down. Uh, they played man coverage. Cade Peterson took off and scrambled for an explosive play for a run for a first down. And they made this decision to stay aggressive. You know, I really have a lot of confidence in our football team. Um, went forward on fourth and one, and we popped a 16-yard touchdown run with Cade Peterson that, you know, gave us the score. So really good start to the game. Um, also, you know, we finished the half really well, too. I want to give our offense credit. They had a 17-play drive that resulted in a, you know, Cade Peterson, Juwan Johnson touchdown right before the half, and that was good to kind of extend the lead 28-7 to after we had a little bit of a hiccup in that second quarter. Yeah, we're going to talk about Cade and that offense because they were outstanding as well, but that defense was unbelievable, Coach. Just seven points against them for not playing football in almost two years. Had to be super proud of the way that defense played against a really good Pueblo team. Correct. You know, and I, I think, you know, we knew heading into the matchup that College State Pueblo, they've been, you know, top five in the Nation last five, six years in guards to defense. Uh, they've made the playoffs last five, six years and really leaned on their defense throughout the course of time. So we knew this was probably going to be a little bit of a defensive battle, uh, especially, you know, the score with the Commerce and their opening win. You know, we, they played really strong defense in that game, too. So, you know, walked into the meeting uh, prepping for Pueblo and told our defense, you know, got to step up. This is probably going to be one of those games uh, where you can't afford to give up 21-28. We may be on the losing column. And I thought those guys did a great job stopping the run. I think limited about 52 yards rushing. Uh, we were really strong in the front and then had uh, great coverage when they decided to take some shots on the back end. And really, you know, besides one little drive where they hit a couple passes and then we had, you know, some penalties that led to a, a, a touchdown in the red zone. If you take away just two or three plays, it's about as dominant as a defensive performance as we've had here in a while. Yeah, and Coach, we talked leading up to this game about how experienced Pueblo's offensive line is. So to see the way your defensive line, particularly those interior guys played, that's unbelievable. Yeah, our interior defensive line was dominant. All night run and pass. You know, Dennis Johnson, our captain, led the crew. Really impressed with Seth Hoonhorst, a Hudsonville native that's been really practicing well. That showed up on Saturday. And then Nate Emler transferred from Minnesota, an Allendale native. And even a redshirt freshman, Jack Gilchrist, who I think is going to have a really bright future, got his first action in there. So combined that with some good end play, I was really impressed with Xavier Washington, our transfer from Northwestern, rushed the passer, created a turnover. Jake Lava, all-conference performer, Christian McCarroll, even Colton Heibel. We have depth at our defensive line. Jake, I think that depth allowed us to rotate, kept those guys fresh. 
we played strong into the third and fourth quarter. And then a guy at that next line that we've talked about all offseason needing to have a big year for you, Abe Swanson, the captain of that defense in the middle of it, and he sure stepped up nine total tackles for you. He was great. You know, I think he did a really good job in the run game. Um, him, along with all of our really guys on defense, we didn't miss a lot of tackles when you watched it from the stands. We were a really good tackling team, played physical. Abe led the way. He's our middle linebacker. We kind of designed things so he can run sideline to sideline. Um, and pursue inside out, and he was there and did a great job. And then another guy that's been in our program but has really grown a lot is Damon Wesley. I thought he had a really good night. Um, he has a tough job. He kind of spells both Abe and Brendan Brown at the mic and the will, so he's cross-trained. That's really difficult mentally. I give him a lot of credit. He played really well at both positions to spell both of those guys. If I remember correctly, I think he recovered the fumble that Xavier kind of forced, yep, so he was he big did. on that play as well. Then on the offensive side, Cade Peterson, coach, we saw it through all four quarters, the diversity of what he can do from extending plays to running on designed runs to throwing the ball hard when he needed to. He really did a little bit of everything. He did. You know, I, thought, I think uh, he showed uh, command. You know, when you look back 2019, he was kind of pressed into action as a redshirt freshman. Mm -hmm. We had some injuries. And he was, uh, you know, he played okay, but you could tell he was a freshman. I thought you saw a kid that has spent two years kind of preparing for this moment. He was very composed, uh, did, a, did a lot of really nice things, as you said. He's really comfortable when the, the, the initial play kind of maybe breaks down for that next play. Um, and so he shook off some tacklers um, on some pass protections that we kind of weren't the best on. Escaped, ran, through. There was one time he flushed out, threw a long ball down to Jacob Miller, who got out of B deep. They had a PI in that particular play. That extended to drive a lot of to score. So he does a good job. He's tough to defend that way. And then, like as you mentioned, we do have some design quarterback runs. Our first score was a design quarterback run, and we uh, mixed those in too. Uh, we have to be careful. He's a very valuable commodity. We don't want to um, do that a ton, uh, but you know, at the same time, um, we might need to have that happen to be as explosive as we need offensively. And varied as well. Eight different receivers caught a pass coach. Yeah, and that was, you know, by design too. I think we talked about it was going to be a group effort against a quality defense and try to get guys involved. I was really impressed. A couple backs out of the backfield. Jack Preventure picked up a nice explosive pass on the sideline. Bryce Young-Walls gets us one down there, allows Buck to kind of get in. So, you know, we've talked about, and I know you've, uh, in social media, we have four tailbacks. And so we attempted to try to get those guys. And I think all four had touches in one form or another, whether it was a carry, and or out of the backfield in the pass, I think that that, again, diversity at running back with their different talents and skills will make us tougher to defend. And as you mentioned, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, we have upgraded our receiving core. Um, Juwan Johnson had, had a night with two touchdowns. Hunter Rising got some touches. Uh, Jacob Miller only had one catch, but you will see a lot of him throughout the course of the season. Then we involved our tight ends, too. Jake Slager was involved in the passing game on a critical third down in the opening drive, too. Caught, caught a route over the middle. So uh, the more people we can get the ball to, I think the tougher we are to defend. And uh, we, have, I think, we think we have the talent and the diversity to be able to do that. A theme on both sides of the ball, complete team win, Coach. Congratulations getting back on the field, and congratulations on a win to get it started. Thank you so much for your time. We'll see you yep. next week. Thanks a lot, Jake. Anchor Up Weekly, presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network. Welcome on back to Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Jake Levy and Tim Knott back here with you. You just heard from Coach Mitchell as we broke down GBSU football and their 34-14 victory. Let's look at another nationally ranked team on the campus of Grand Valley State. It's the GBSU women's soccer team, ranked number three in the United Soccer Coaches poll for this week. And Grand Valley State certainly showed why as they went down to Missouri. First road trip of the year, and it was a long one. They had to go on a flight, go down to Missouri 500 miles away, and the Lakers get two more wins to improve to 4-0 and on the year. And they played two really good opponents. Northwest Missouri State was 2-0 and coming into the weekend. The Lakers beat them on a neutral field on Friday afternoon, beat them 5-2. to 
They were up 3 nothing, and then the teams kind of traded some goals there late. And then they turn around. The Lakers, number three in the country. Central Missouri, number seven in the country. It's on their home field. The first true road game of the year for Grand Valley, and they get the win over the Jennies, 3 to nothing. They were up one nothing at halftime, to, scored two goals late to put that one away, but certainly a banner win for Coach Jim Conlon in his first year at the helm of Grand Valley State. And, Tim, you talk about this team all the time. We talked about it a lot with Jeff Hostler leaving for Michigan State, Jim Conlon coming into a good team, but still kind of a reloaded team as opposed to some of those headliners that you expected, really the best start they could ask for. Well, you know, a couple of young ladies went with Hosler to Michigan State. And so, you know, now you're relying on some individuals who, who were, are very, very talented players, but now – the role of being the leader is on their shoulders, yep. and the role of producing is on their shoulders. You know, you're not looking to the All-American Ava Cook anymore. Now, you know, you have to be that player, and 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 they've just done an outstanding job of opening the year. Uh, two great home wins to start the year, and then to go on this road trip. You know, over the years, Grand Valley and Central Missouri have had some epic battles in quarterfinal play just to get to the Final Four. Which a number of those years, you you could have said the winner of that quarterfinal is going to be the national champion, and and it has been that yeah, way. Three out of those five years, that was exactly so, what happened. You know, so. and so um, uh, you know, outstanding outstanding wins there. Northwest Missouri is a, a quality team, but you, again, you go on the road. You show well there, and it's just going to build the morale and the confidence of, of those young ladies. Yeah, and Coach Conlon talked about it. We'll hear from him here in a little bit. But Coach talked about how, you know, the first road trip, especially for a new coach, there's a lot of figuring out, you know, what's the rooming assignments like? How is it going to be on the road? How's the camaraderie going to be? How do you do meals? How do you do your rest? How do you make sure you get everything that you need to get taken care of on the road? All those things are extra factors that we don't necessarily think about, mm -hmm. but it's all very important, especially going to play a team like Central Missouri, which you said the Lakers played Central Missouri five straight years from 2014 to 2018 in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Just an unbelievable rivalry that's blossomed over the last decade. And Grand Valley won four out of five of those games. So you better believe Central Missouri had this game circled on their calendar. They were gunning for the Lakers on their home field. The only time Central Missouri did beat Grand Valley was at their home field back in 2017. They went undefeated, won the national championship that year. But Grand Valley State, obviously six-time national champs, have gotten the best of Central Missouri now five out of the six times those two teams have matched up. And new coach, same result for Grand Valley, so that's great to see. Kennedy Bearden scored yet again. It took her until the 90th minute on Sunday for a little icing on the cake to knock that goal in. But she has scored a goal in each of the first four games of the year. She had a very nice freshman year, obviously with the spring season last year it was tough to tell but you know, she seems to be one of those players her Greta Deloach have kind of grown along with Chantal Carranza into the three that are going to kind of have to be the workhorses on the offensive end now trying to replace the firepower you lost in Ava Cook and Rico Segarra. Well, I think what you see and what you saw in the opening weekend was uh, Coach Collins going to play a lot of players mm -hmm. and you're going to see maybe you're not going to see the 7 nothing win that you saw before because you're going to see some individuals spell the starters to, to keep them fresh. And I think that's a, you know, especially in this, in this day of COVID, that's the key is you need to build your depth because there's going to be some time when you're going to go on the road and you're going to miss some two or three players. Yep. So you need that bench to be ready to go and you need to have them game ready and in condition. You know, fitness is such a huge portion, a part of, of, of soccer keeping that fitness up and you won't you know game fitness is different than training fitness and so you want so I, i'm really impressed with how he's operating in terms of getting more bodies in it's almost like line changes in hockey exactly in that opening weekend and he, he yelled out to the press box do you uh well i yelled at you him guys, first you know it's like hey this is what you're gonna see you're gonna see five in five out five in five out ten minutes ten minutes ten minutes and so and, and that's really gonna play dividends down the down the uh, road I, I really believe i think that um you know in terms of building that depth and 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 how demoralizing is it as the opponent 
when Granville possesses the ball, but then you have five new bodies come in that are fresh, and you're like, I'm tired. Right. I've been chasing and, those five. Now, and now you're bringing five just as talented players that i got to try to chase. It's demoralizing. And it, it is. It really, mentally, it really takes a lot out of you. Yeah, and what he did against Lindenwood was cool because he would literally shift change the entire offensive unit. Mm-hmm. So, And they were two totally different looks. So just as Lindenwood maybe got comfortable defending this set, okay, we know this player is making these overlapping runs. We can kind of guard that. Then here come five brand-new players that have a totally different style of playing together, and you're mentally exhausted, you're physically exhausted and it kind of also gave him a chance to see what he has exactly. and try to figure this team out as he goes forward i mean yeah let's be honest grand valley state's been in the ncaa tournament for 10 straight years they've been to you know a ton of national championship games they've won six of them so you've got to think more about november and december mm-hmm. sometimes and you do about september and october and of course every coach the right way to approach it one game at a time you worry about the opponent that's in front of you, and he has to think that way in the moment. But you also do, in the back of your mind, have to be thinking of this as a season. What is our goal? How do we get there? How do I put this team in the best position to win at the end of the year, which is when things will really be the brightest? Yeah, and again, taking COVID into mind, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit sometime. You know, not 100% of our, our, our team is vaccinated, so we have to keep them in pods, and we have to really do a good job of, of knowing – um, their situation, and it's going to hit a bit eventually. And you just don't want it to hit us, hit in a, in a way where you can lose two games for a weekend. Right, and the hard part is, right, like injuries happen in every sport. That's never changed. Right. But at least when an injury happened, you saw it. It was something you were in control of, and you can work around it. COVID, you could send a kid home to, you know, just go home for – the day and then all of a sudden they come back with symptoms the next day and they were they looked fine yesterday everything was great now all of a sudden you're uh, you're you're in some trouble and of course with contact tracing it can get out of hand as well so yeah having everybody on the roster ready to go will certainly be important for every sport around the country here as we uh we move forward here in this new age of the uh covid era of sports as we try to get back to normal well you kind of mentioned that though uh, you, that needs to you need to think about that in road trips yep they had to think about where people sit you know, in terms of these individuals are vaccinated, they're fine. These individuals aren't vaccinated. We can't have all of them together because if you do, you're going to run into issues. So when you when you talk about going on the road for their first trip for Coach Conlon, that's stuff that you didn't have to think about two years ago. Now you have to think about it on bus trips and on plane trips and when you eat and who lives with who, you know, who rooms with who. A lot to think of. There certainly is a lot to think of. Well, Coach Conlon was good enough. They got back at about 2 o'clock in the morning on Monday after that trip to Missouri. He came in early morning to join me on the GVSU Sports Report. So we'll give you that interview right now as he breaks down his 4-0 start to the season and previews GLIAC play that starts this week when the Lakers go to the UP. So here he is, first-year head coach Jim Conlon. Coach, great to have you here on the program. Congrats on a great start. How's the first couple of weeks been for you? Thanks for having me. The first couple of weeks have been tremendous. Uh, couldn't be more pleased with the efforts that the women are putting in and, and really just the intensity and attitude that, that is surrounded not only preseason but the first couple games. Yeah, t- take us through training cramp a little bit. Obviously, you're a brand new coach here. So what was that getting to know you process like? Yeah, training camp's always an integral part of the season when you're trying to get to know a new team. And then when you get a coach hired as late as I did in the summer, uh, I think we just spent a lot of time trying to understand what each other's gifts were. Uh, they were trying to figure out how I coach. They were, they were trying to prove what they could do technically and tactically. And I think we really had a quality two weeks of understanding each other to lead us into that home opener. 
Yeah, a lot of tests right off the bat. Two nationally ranked opponents in the four games you've played so far. So you go into Lindenwood, get a 4-0 victory over them. That's a really good GLVC team. Then just around and beat Finley 2-0, nationally ranked. They're coming off a win against Ferris. That was an awfully great weekend to get the season started. Yes, it was a great weekend. I think when you get to start at home, it brings a level of comfort as well. I think that was nice in this transition. Uh, and then we were just trying to go one game at a time, one weekend at a time. And I thought the women came out and put together a quality showing against Lindenwood and as you said a very good opponent uh, and then you got to get focused on day two uh, in, in the heat of the summer and trying to turn around Finley had uh, a quality game there on their Friday match to then come into us and you know we were able to get another win to, again just really pleased with their effort and their buy-in to what we're trying to do couple of shutout wins. Kate Brown earns Defensive Player of the Week. That's a player that came from kind of a role player her last couple of years to jumping into that starting spot at center back for you, and she really stepped up big time early in the season. Yeah, I think when you get a coaching change, there's usually two thoughts. You've got the players that were comfortable with the previous coach and kind of knew their role, and then it's a fresh start for the other ones, and I think we've been able to do a nice blend of making sure that everyone gets a look that they deserve, and if you look at the, you know, the box score historically and then this year, I think we've got some players showing their true colors. And I think you've got players that have been proven players. So I think we've got a great blend right now. One of those proven players, Kennedy Bearden, she scored a goal in all four games. Obviously you have her at that center forward up top position, but she's really come through for you each and every match. Yeah, Kennedy's been bouncing around in a couple different positions. We're really looking at her to find a way to make sure that our offense is, is performing in a variety of ways. And, and she's getting a lot put on her plate and she keeps responding to everything we're asking of her. So we've been very pleased. Building it up as a top 10 matchup because it was just yesterday when you took on Central Missouri. That is a big test early in the season and obviously a 3-0 win. I assume your girls pass with flying colors? Yes, I, I think <laughs> honestly, we, I think we're just trying to get Two wins on the road. I don't know if we even overhyped the top 10 matchup, but anytime you go on the road for the first time, how is it in the hotel? How is the flights? How is the camaraderie? You know, the balance of academics, the sleep habits, the eating habits. So to get the two results we did on top of the first transitional road trip, Again, really pleased with them. I thought they were locked in. Uh, and then the 3-0 win yesterday late. Obviously, uh, Taylor Reed with a great goal, just a, an effort to, to finish the run, uh, to get us up one nothing going into halftime, and then to put away too late was, was great for us. And for Taylor Reed, who grew up 30 minutes from the Central Missouri campus, to score a goal in front of all of her friends and family, that had to be such a cool moment. Yeah, she had a great weekend. She's been having a whole great preseason, but to... to Kind of put that storybook, I get to go home, having two assists and a goal on the weekend uh, was special. And a birthday weekend for her. Absolutely. On top of that, uh, with having both of our Missouri girls having birthday weekends. Yeah, so kind of a, a kismet, if you will, the way everything kind of came together there. Okay, now right. you turn your attention to the Upper Peninsula. GLIAC play begins this week. It's a whole new chapter. What's the conversation with the team going into the Upper Peninsula this week? <sighs> Well, the, t the conversation right now is rest, <laughs> get some recovery <laughs> before we get back to work. But I think the message this week is going to be zero and zero. We haven't started GLIAC play. Everyone's still on equal footing. We need to start GLIAC as well as we did the regular season. We were able to accomplish what we wanted to early in the season in the non-conference, but now we are still zero and zero in conference play. And we need to take this one game at a time, one weekend at a time, starting up in the UP. 
Well, Coach, you're off to a great start, 4-0. Congratulations on that. I know you had a late night last night getting back from Missouri, so appreciate you waking up early with us here today. Get some rest. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck in the UP this week. You got it. Thank you. This week. You got it. Thank you. This is Anchor Up Weekly, an in-depth update on GVSU Athletics on the Grand Valley Sports Network. And welcome on back to more of Anchor Up Weekly. Jake Levy, Tim Knott here with you. We've talked about two nationally ranked teams in football and women's soccer. Now it's time to break down volleyball after their first eight matches of the year. The Lakers have split them right down the middle at 4-4 four and four under first-year head coach Jason Johnson. Of course, he's been with the program for 20 years as an assistant, so he's not brand new to this by any stretch. But good to have him as the head coach now, and he got some wins under his belt this past weekend. The Lakers went to the Capitol Classic down in Illinois, took three out of four, and their only loss was to the number eight team in the country. So, you, Tim, you talked about it with football, how week one to week two is always your biggest improvement. I think we saw a ton of improvement from this volleyball team from week one to week two as well. Well, I totally agree. Uh, and the 4-4 four and four record is a little misleading. Uh, the Lakers have, pay, have played a very challenging schedule. Yes. And and I know you don't want to beat. They're own three and five-set matches, but those are all against quality opponents that they've lost. So And those are those five-setters, you know, I mean, they can go either way. I mean, you're you're really splitting hairs here when, when you're talking about losing a five-set match. And so you're, you know, you could be 7-1. And, one and you'd be, right. you know, you'd feel totally different. But I know Jason feels good about the progress they've made from week one to week two and then heading into a challenging road trip to start the year against Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan. So I think, you know, playing that challenging schedule, playing those teams that are perennial uh, NCAA tournament teams or the, the first two weeks are really going to serve them well going into this uh, league, league opener at, at uh, nationally ranked Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan. Yeah, these are two really tough teams right off the bat to begin GLIAC play. But one thing that Coach Johnson talked about was also learning how to win, yes. Tim. It's something that's very important and hard to do as a young team. And this Laker team, even under Deanne, was still very young. They're still growing. They're still kind of learning together. And there is a senior class that has a very set agenda of what they want to accomplish this year. But for the majority, a big number of these role players are freshmen, sophomores, again, coming off of COVID, you feel like everybody's kind of a freshman or a right. sophomore at this point, but uh, to learn how to win, and they did that this past weekend, and it's something that takes time. Jason was telling me before we went on the sports report yesterday about how, you know, in that 03 season, which I'm sure you remember, when the Lakers first kind of came onto the national scene, mm. they started out, I think, one and eight, yeah. because they, they played a ton of five-set matches, they just couldn't find a way to win and then that class that wound up doing some historic things for Grand Valley State kind of put it all together towards the middle at the end of the season and they got better and better as the year went on and of course as you know everything's still out in front of the Lakers so he drew some parallels to that and I'm, I'm sure for you someone who saw both of those teams you could probably see a little bit of the same well and what you're gonna see here too is Jason's implementing a lot of the same things that Deanne had but he's also doing a lot of new stuff mm -hmm. and so you're gonna the, the progress this this team is gonna show from the start of practice through the end of the year is going to be um, monumental because uh, they are just going to get better and better every week when they feel more comfortable with what Jason's trying to do. You know, they're implementing a lot of things that they haven't, you know, had to do in the past. And they're, they've, they've changed their offensive approach. They've changed their defensive approach. So that's going to take time, even though some of those elements were in there, he's changing a lot of them. Right. And so they're growing. And so you're going to con continue to see, the, see this team grow throughout the year. And I'm really, really, really feel good about where they're at be, being 4-4 four and, four and, 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 and what's at the end of the uh, table for them. Yeah, it's kind of like trying to 
teach a new offense, and then also you go from playing zone defense to man-to-man mm-hmm. defense. There's so many different moving parts that are tough to figure out and the adjustments that have to be made, and it's going to be really fun to watch them when we finally can next month on their home I floor. Know. They don't get to play at home until October, which is kind of ridiculous the way that schedule broke Jason out. did not draw the schedule uh, gods in terms of – they didn't give him a great <laughs> schedule to start the year. Uh, you know, start, start – a starting at Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan, right? You know, probably the the two team, two teams that you you're going to look at to lead the league, and uh, those teams have traditionally been very good at home. So, so uh, I know Jason's looking forward to this road trip, and you're going to learn about a lot about your team. They sure will, and you know, one of the players you know you, you would know about Allie Thompson, Abby Graham, Jeliana Primus. They've all been the big names for the Lakers the last few years. A name that has started to emerge early this season is Sarah White. Keep an ear out for her as you're looking at the Laker volleyball program. She's moved positions along that front row, and she's really start coming to her own in this new position. She's leading the team in both blocks per set and kills per set. The team as a whole is hitting 233, which right. is pretty good, and she's leading the way in attack percentage as well. So that's a name to keep an ear out for. We talked to Jason a little bit about that during his first appearance on the Sports Report yesterday. So here's that interview with head coach Jason Johnson. Coach, thanks for being here. Congratulations on taking over this program. Well-deserved for you. How have these first couple of weeks been? Um, busy. <laughs> busy. It's been a quick turnaround, obviously, with Coach Scanlon retiring in July. Um, and trying to get everything in place and ready to go for the beginning of the season. But it's been a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, I've been here long enough, know the ins and outs of Grand Valley, know the ins and outs of the volleyball program. So that learning curve hasn't, hasn't been that steep, but I think it's taken over a program and realizing that every decision you make is the one that matters the most now, and you have to take that ownership as well. Yeah, obviously, coming from associate head coach to head coach, mm-hmm. the familiarity was there between you and the players, but it's still a different dynamic. What was the change like, and how did you guys overcome that? Well, I think the biggest thing is even teaching our kids that it was it's a different relationship between us now. You know, mm-hmm. not not because it's changed who I am or how I go about things, but when you now make those decisions, whether it's playing time or lineup changes or who's going to be where on the floor, now it's not somebody else that's above you making that choice, it's you. And so those conversations in meetings or those conversations on the court are just a little bit different. And you know, we've tried to create the same environment as far as an openness to our program, open door policy for our players always to be available to walk in. But I think that they're still navigating through staff changes as my assistant uh, came on board and then me taking over in the decisions that I have to go through and, and make and create as we move forward through the season. Two really busy weekends to get the season yep. started. You start going to Colorado with some really good competition out there. You guys go one and three, but play a ton of five-set matches. What did you learn from your team in that opening weekend? Uh, they've got a lot of grit. I mean, at the end of the day, they they never gave in. I think the most impressive part of the whole weekend was winning against Mesa in our last match. I think we had played uh, 13 out of a possible 15 <laughs> sets at that point. Um, I think at one point I said we had gone of our six-set losses in the first day. Five of them were two-point losses. So. So there was a lot of resiliency that went into the competition. There was a lot of grit that went into it, obviously trying to figure out a way to reverse that and get those one or two point turnarounds. But the fact that they came out with the energy they did with another five set loss in the morning against Mines and be able to rebound in the afternoon and play against a very talented uh, Mesa team, but put things together a little bit more. Um, So I think that was the highlight of the weekend for me. But I think even the matches we played against all those teams, um, they were good matches. It was just a matter of them learning each other. We have some kids in new positions and then just learning how to compete at a high level. 
Then you turn around and go to Illinois a, to get it started with a really, really good Northwest Missouri State mm -hmm. team. You go to five sets with them. You had a lead in that fifth set. Yep. Unfortunately, it doesn't go your way. But to respond and get three consecutive wins after that, what does that say about your team? Uh, again, that, that grit and resiliency. You know, I think they stayed focused on the things we needed to do. Um, they understood the, you know, the one point at a time mentality, the grinding through a match, and then not allowing those sets to slip away. I think I made a reference um, in our match against uh, Illinois Springfield that we had finally gotten off to a good start in the first set in that match and it's the first time all year that I think we led at the first five points and it seems like a really small thing but every set so far this year we had gotten behind and we had to fight our way back now mm. we had the ability to fight our way back but the energy it expels creates a little more of a fatigue at the end of the set as well. And so that opportunity to get yourself into a good space, to start off stronger and then get that lead allows you to then get into a, a rhythm and flow a little bit more as the sets go on. Sarah White, you moved her from an outside to a middle blocker and she seems to have really responded. She's leading your team in both defense and offense. So what's been the big turnaround for her? I think just being comfortable, you know, again, Sarah's been in the program for two years, but it's the first opportunity she's had to really lock down a starting position in the middle. And it's one of the more taxing positions on the volleyball floor, you know, having to play sideline to sideline as a blocker, having to transition. And we've opened our offense up to the point where she has to work to provide opportunities for herself, not just in one position as, as an outside or right side might, but along the whole uh, net as we try to make her uh, dynamic and moving. So I think just the familiarity, the opportunity to play as many sets as she has, she's starting to learn a little bit more what it takes to be successful, but I think she's also learning what she can do um, and playing around with that a little bit as well. Well, Coach, we don't get to see you on your home floor until October, so looking forward to that. But in the meantime, looking forward to talking to you each and every week. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on a fantastic start to the season. Thanks, Jake. I really appreciate it. It was fun to be on today. Anchor Up Weekly, presented by DTE Energy on the Grand Valley Sports Network. We welcome you back one final time here to Anchor Up Weekly. First show almost in the books as we give you a look at everything GVSU Athletics. It's all powered by DTE Energy. Know your own power. Jake Levy, Tim Knott, back with you one final time here this evening. And then if you're listening, don't forget, you can also catch any part of this show on the podcast available starting tomorrow. So look out for that wherever you get your podcast, the Anchor Up podcast powered by DTE Energy. All right, some other sports to get to. Tim, run us through what happened elsewhere in Laker Athletics. Well, in, in uh, men's and women's, and women's golf, uh, the men's golf team is, uh, has a, a played twice so far this year. They won the Carl Aronson Classic, or Invitational that is, and, and Charlie DeLong went back-to-back -back with the medalist honors. He won it in 2018. Uh, and then last year, again, was a COVID year where they played in the spring, but the, but that was it. Um, so Charlie, uh, obviously, two outstanding finishes there. But th this team's really deep, and you're going to see this team really progress through the year. I know that the NCAA championships aren't until the spring. So the fall is just basically qualifying for those regionals and, and getting those high finishes in the tournaments that, that, that you're playing, building your points up so you're, you put yourself in good, posi good position for next spring. Uh, the women kicked off their year. Uh, at, at Indianapolis, and they're currently playing. And so uh, it, they're going to be hosting a tournament in two weeks at, at, at the Meadows. But the uh, Laker men will be on the road this week at the Doc Sprague Fall Invitational in Finley, Ohio. So uh, good things to come from this golf team. It's a really deep golf team. They're even going to be better in the spring when they get Tanner Moore uh, eligible in terms of he's a transfer, and he's going to really really push those top four, four or five guys. And so Gary's really going to have a deep team top to bottom. 
uh, in men's and women's tennis. They competed at the Davenport Invitational, which was just a singles tournament where there were no points kept and no really results. You just played three or four matches. Lakers did extremely well, and the women are going to be going down to Indianapolis for the ITA uh, uh, tournament, which is a national tournament next weekend at Indianapolis. The men will host the ITA regional here in Allendale in, in, in two weeks. And so tennis is off to uh, a, you know a, a good start and just kind of building momentum for the spring. And then in men's and women's cross country, uh, they both won the Calvin Invitational uh, two weeks ago. And they, you know, cross country is one of those sports where you really want, you're really preparing for the end of the year in the middle of the year right. and throughout the year. And so uh, uh, Coach Baltus does an outstanding job of, of his top 15 runners and progressing them forward. You know, it, probably his top 15 did not run at the Kelvin Invitational. They still won both uh, the men's and women's in Invitational. But he will have his top runners out here out this weekend at the Michigan State Invitational. And uh, they're going to be facing several Division One opponents. Lakers have always done well there. So, you uh, you know, they're going to uh, – those elite runners are going to be in action this weekend and really he'll gauge where they are fitness-wise and where he wants to go for the GLIAC Championships and then the Regional Championships and then the NCAA Championships. And so he really gauges everything on those three events at the end of the year and, and, and how he trains them. So we're off and running. All those events going on here in the first month of the school year, and we're so excited to bring you this snapshot every week of this Anchor Up Weekly. Well, this week, there's only one home event, really, to tell you about. The GVSU football team is hosting Wisconsin Lacrosse. They're a, uh, not a Division II opponent, but still an opportunity for this team to get better as they move forward here in this season. And, Tim, we talk about the progression from Week 1 to Week 2. Looking forward to seeing what this team does to even sharpen themselves as they welcome in another opponent. 3 p.m. kickoff at Lubber Stadium. It's a blackout, so if you're coming to the game, make sure you wear black. Be loud, be proud. We're excited to have the Lakers back at home this weekend. Well, and Grand Valley does have some history with Wisconsin lacrosse. Uh, they, the first ever playoff appearance that Grand Valley State made was in, as an NAIA team in 1978. Played at Wisconsin lacrosse and won that game 24-14. to It was zero degrees for the kickoff, and it got colder. Um, Don Thomas, the longtime SID, called me this week and t told me all about the uh, the game. Uh, the field was frozen. They had to change cleats, and so uh, he, you know he, he he had a lot to say about that, uh, you know, lacrosse and how they're a quality Division three team. And that Wisconsin State League is very, very good. Wisconsin Oshkosh, who's in that league, went up to Northern Michigan last week and won 28-10. So uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, who's in that league, They're is a perennial, a perennial national, national champion, champion in Division Three football. And you can, there's a lot, you know the difference between the elite Division Three teams and really good Division Two teams is not that is not out, you know out of character. And so so this is going to be a quality football team. Wisconsin Lacrosse is traditionally very good, and they're going to come in here. And this is going to be the best event, the best venue they're ever going to play in. Oh, they're going outside be of a national championship game, ramped up to play. This so. Game. They're going to come in here, play hard. Lakers, are, you know, are, are going to have to be ready to go, and, and and they will be. You haven't played in two years. You're going to be ready to go. You're you're cherishing we could line up every across moment. From them. They would love exactly. the opportunity. Well, they'd love the opportunity to hit me. Yeah, I know that exactly. for sure. But. Yeah. But, yeah, so the football at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Tickets are available now at GVSUtickets.com. Of course, for all the latest news, updates, rosters, schedules, and more, visit GVSULakers.com. You can also follow us on social media at GVSULakers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And every athletic team at Grand Valley State also has their own Twitter and Instagram, so make sure you look up how you can follow your favorite teams on social media all throughout the season. Well, week one is in the books of Anchor Up Weekly. Tim, this was fun. Let's do it again next week. Hey, we'll do it.
Big thanks to Brian Fongers helping us put this whole thing together back in the studio. Thanks to all of our coaches who come down to the Eberhardt Center to do that uh, sports report every week. And now we get to bring those to you available here on the Anchor Up Weekly program as well. Don't forget, the podcast will be available Wednesday morning. If you missed any part of our show, you can tune back in and get a snapshot of everything going around GBSU Athletics. We'll be back next week with another edition of Anchor Up Weekly, powered by DTE Energy. Until that time, for Tim Knott and Brian Fongers back in our studios, this is Jake Levy saying so long, and as always, Anchor Up.